In this episode, I have Travis Hobbs, otherwise known as Natural Born Predator, on the podcast. We discuss his background, arrow build, bow setup, reasons for a heavy arrow, broadheads, and more. I hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tedford professional archer hey everyone i'm christy titus and you are listening to archery maniac we cover everything archery from the hunting side to the tournament side with stories tips and tactics gear reviews and more that that helped my tuning game so much when i made sure that all my arrows were square i'm staring into his eyes blood's dripping off of its tines mud is everywhere the clarity these mavens offer is amazing i'm just like spider-man you know on this rock just (laughs) laying there belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the Archery Maniacs podcast. Today I have Travis Hobbs on the show. Uh, Really excited to discuss, you know, kind of his background a little bit and then dive into his arrow and archery setup. Uh, I, I actually saw a post that Travis did about having a really heavy arrow and, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a trend that the archery community is swinging back towards or what's going on, but it seems like we're hearing more and more about heavy arrow setups and heavy front of center and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, really excited to have Travis on and and dive into what he has going on and why he has that going on. So, thanks a bunch, Travis, for hopping on the podcast. Yeah, man, I'm happy to. And uh, this is awesome. And like, I, I really wish I could go back in time and let Travis of like yesteryear back in like 98, listen to some of these podcasts, I could have learned a lot. And, and it's cool, because I get a ton of messages on different things and kind of why I do stuff. So it'll be awesome. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm Travis Hobbs, I was born in a little town in northern Utah. And like a lot of guys, I had an awesome dad that drugged me everywhere, even when I was super young. Um, we spent every weekend, every I mean, every bit of free time running around fishing, bird hunting, you know, deer hunting, camping is all the time. Um, I was the type of kid that was devastated if he went without me. And <laughs> I was. I was waking him up at 4 a.m. So it was kind of funny how that all worked out when I was a kid. And I'm still probably haven't changed much. And I don't know if he really realized the type of monster he was creating back then. It's kind of funny. We laugh about it now. But um, I grew up in an awesome place. I I grew up right at the base of a mountain. Uh, I had a river just below me. It was really kind of a perfect. And my parents, when I was a kid, they were really awesome. Uh, they would turn me loose with kids from the neighborhood would be armed with pellet guns. I mean, then 22s, bows, shotguns, you know, those were different times. I, it's crazy when I think back of how young we were and what we would do. And we'd go camping for, I mean, days at a time, you know, <laughs> I think uh, I spent more time probably or nights outside camping in the summer when I was a kid than I did in my own house. And It was really cool. I mean, when I was 12, I was, I think I was 12 years old. I mean, I was killing ducks and geese over decoys by myself. I mean, it's just funny. I I had a perfect childhood, so it was really awesome. But 
I didn't even really know like Saturday morning cartoons and video games existed. I was outside all the time. And my dad was, uh, he was a bow hunter when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I don't really remember when I was super young. I remember going with him sometimes and camping, but I never really got into the bow hunting end of things with him. I don't, I don't remember details, I guess, from when I was super young, but as I got older, you know, he got me a bow and geez, I, I don't even remember what it was. I, it was a compound and I think we went to a, like a pawn shop and got it. And I mean, geez, I think if I remember correct, there was a guy that lived like in the town and he was like a traditional guy. And I think we were, uh, geez, I think they put like longer limb bolts in it. So like the poundage would be reduced so I could get it back. And I, I still remember pointing that bow straight up in the air and pulling for all I was worth to get it back. <laughs> but it was really cool, man. And I, I mean, geez, I, I started, I mean, right off the get go, like 10 years old, shooting everything inside. I, I remember my dad would get so upset. I was shooting. <laughs> I had arrows scattered everywhere and shoot everything, <laughs> anything I could. Bending arrows, you know, I don't know if you remember those days of the of aluminum. And <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, I think uh, there was, I remember one time we went to the archery shop and he was so mad. I mean, I was bending everything and I think he kind of was throwing his hands up in the air and he's like, let's get him the stiffest, heaviest arrows we could. And I mean, I remember shooting those things into everything and there was probably, they were still probably bent. And I mean, half the, they were shiny, you know, one half of the arrow didn't have any paint left or camouflage, whatever. I think it was, they were paint and man, I shot them things everywhere. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, right off the get go, I think the year I was 14, I couldn't, that's how old you had to be to hunt in Utah. And I don't think if I remember right, I couldn't pull back the minimum weight and I, man, that really sucked. I, I think it was the following year I got a newer bow. Um, and then I think from the time I was 15 to 18, man, I think I killed a deer every single year with my bow. Um, man, back in those days, I was, you know, before range finders and everything. And I would get so wound up hunting. I mean, I would shoot a quiver full of arrows every time I went. I look back and I just think, oh my gosh. And my dad had turned me loose. I mean, sometimes it'd take me, but sometimes it was me just jumping, you know, on my bike or the four-wheeler and running down to the river bottoms and just tearing it up. And, you know, some of them bucks, I look back and I think, man, they were some really good bucks. And I kind of wish I could go back in time, but... And usually what had happened, I'd miss a bunch and go through a bunch of arrows. And usually then finally a young buck would get, come in range and, you know, and I'd get it done. But it was really kind of funny. But, man, I wouldn't change that for the world. And, like, the things I learned back then, I didn't even realize, you know, like the whole tracking and everything at just a super young age. I mean, I'd gotten deer when I was all by myself at a super young age. It's just kind of funny. And I think, uh, as you go on, you know, you kind of forget all those little things like you learn when you're picking it up. So it's kind of, I think I jump and try to like watching my wife start archery hunting the past few years has been kind of an eye opener because I was just kind of born into it and she started a bunch and 
So it's been really fun, you know, and going yeah. back to kind of the basic. Um, and I, so I kind of where, off, uh, but yeah, no. what I think is so cool about that in itself is you see all the stuff that we, you know, the ones that we've been doing in our whole lives, you start to realize the stuff that you, that you're taking for granted and you didn't even know you were taking it for granted, you know, cause when I, when I take my little boy up yeah, for sure. six years old and, you know, I've been taking him literally ever since he was two. So he'll see something that I wouldn't even yeah, think twice so cool, about looking at it. And he just gets fascinated and it kind of takes me back and I go, Oh man. Yeah, you're right. That is, that is super cool. <laughs> yeah. And dude, that's exactly it. And like, my wife, you know, I, when I first met her, she didn't really hunt. And then I got her into it. You know, we started, I think the first hunt we went on was like an antelope hunt. No, actually we went waterfowl hunting way back before, but the first big game animal, you know, she'd come with me and, you know, and she hunted a little bit with her dad, but like getting her into it. And then when she started, I got her a bow a few years ago and like watching her progress through it all and like it kind of took me back and that was a lot of fun like and I really honestly she taught me a lot like of things I didn't think about and like just little basics and that's kind of where like those heavy arrows that's kind of where it all stemmed from is I mean it seems like lately everywhere you go and everything you see or well I guess rewind five years seems like speed was everything you know everybody was talking about speed and I got caught up in that and you know back when I was a kid I I actually was gonna try to find I knew we were gonna do this podcast and I was gonna go back to my dad's and try to find one of my old arrows but man I know they were like super I mean I'm sure they were 500 plus grains I mean looking back I think they had like 150 grain cut on contact head. My dad was pretty old school, you know, and I, and I thought back then. So kind of anyways, it's kind of funny. Everything was back then. It was a lot of heavy stuff. And then it kind of went to speed, you know, and carbon, everything else come out. Well, just over time, I started noticing, man, the penetration on some of the bucks I killed, you know, some of the elk was just horrible. And every year it seemed like it was getting worse and worse. And my wife, um, made a, you know, a shot that last year was her first year bow hunting and she kind of went and did her own thing. And I sat back a long ways and watched this whole thing, but she ended up shooting a buck a little far back and man, it was in a, it was in a spot where the arrow should, it was like right in the pond, you know, but it was quartered forward. Everything should have been good, but man, her penetration was just horrible. And I was like, man, you know, it sucks. And she's drawn. I think, uh, I think last year was probably, she was hunting with, I think 48, 49 pounds. She had her bow set out and I'm like, man, we got to do something different with this setup. I mean, she should have blown right through that deer. And I was thinking back to when I was a kid and I mean, I was drawn, I, man, I think it was like around, what was the minimum, like 45 pounds in Utah when I was a kid. So I know I would have probably been knocking on the door of almost illegal, but I remember blowing through every deer. I mean, no matter. And I took some horrible shots, like shots that (laughs) I look back at, you know, and I'm like, I would never do that, but I always got them. And you know, and it's funny is things progressed. 
you know, and time went on, I just kind of realized, and I got, you know, it was shooting a faster bow and, you know, way more efficiency, but I was, yeah, I was going the wrong way. Like I was, it was crazy. I mean, shots, the same thing for me, like I, I wasn't getting full penetration, you know, I, arrows were stuck in them and I was, I was just kind of thinking last year, man, we got to do something else. And then we went on a bear hunt in Canada this spring and I was lucky enough. I got a bear was done pretty early and I was sitting in a ground blind. And anyways, we had a bear come in at like 10 yards for my wife. And by this time, I think she had kind of tuned her bow up. She was shooting. Let's see. I think she was about 50 pounds and was shooting a decently heavy arrow for, a, for like a lady, you know, the pretty heavy. And I, I can't remember the grains exactly, but man, she shot this bear. And I mean, every bear I've shot with my bow has just been a done deal, like blow right through them. And she didn't get, she didn't get that full pass through. And anyways, I don't know, like up in Canada, it's like a boreal forest, you know, like with tundra and they get down and they call them like muskeg, like it's uh, just a swampy area. And anyways, we lose this bear and this moss and horrible blood trail, man, we spent days on end and I'm like, man, we have got to do something different about this. Like got to step something up. And I went to an archery shop, a local archery shop and you know, they kind of, were telling me, you know, think of, think of your speed and all this. And almost what they did, they talked me out of it. And anyways, I fast forward to this year, she got another deer. Um, anyway, and we did find that first deer, by the way, and it just took a little while, a lot longer than it should have And this year. She made another shot. Um, again, a quartering away shot, same thing, didn't get full penetration. And I think there's some videos on my, or some pictures on my Instagram, but the arrow only went in. It was super, I was just completely blown away. And I said right then and there, I'm like, I'm done shooting light stuff. I'm going to step everything up. You know, everything's going to go to a straight up cut on contact head and something heavy. And so that's kind of where I've ended up where I'm at. Um, shooting a super heavy arrow and I'm kind of just playing with this right now, but that's kind of how I guess a little progression of how I ended up here and like looking back when I was a kid and the performance I had then to, you know, my mid twenties shooting, you know, and I shot, I don't know, well, quite a few deer and elk <laughs> and never have had, you know what I mean? Just always having trouble. So it's kind of funny how I've kind of come around full circle. And the whole thing is, is to me, as I sit and look at speed and I just, I still, I'd never have understood why everybody wants that speed in. I mean, you're never going to be faster than the speed of sound and like, man, shooting that heavy arrow. I guess we didn't, I got to jump into that what it is, but like my bow, man, you can hardly hear it go off. And to me that the advantage of that's going to be pretty awesome. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree because there for a little while and this was, oh gosh, I was all the way back um, a sophomore or junior in high school. I'm 28 now. So um, it was a while ago and I went in to go yeah. buy, you know, my first pro line bow and I saved up all this money from working all summer and all that stuff, you know, and uh I wanted to go in and I wanted a PSE X-Force because it was the fastest thing out there. And 
Yep. And you know, the guy at the, uh, at the bow shop, it was a bow shop in uh, Meeker, Colorado. He said, he mm-hmm. said, son, I want you to know that if you buy this X-Force, he said, if you shoot a bow with that harsh of a draw curve your whole life, your shoulders aren't going to hold up as long with, with a bow that doesn't pull as hard. And I was just was like, okay, you know, what is, you know, I didn't tell the guy this, but I was thinking, well, what does this guy know? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I just, I, I didn't say anything. I just shut up and listen, you know, and for sure kept listening and listening, listening. And I ended up, instead of ordering that X-Force, I ended up ordering a Matthews, uh, Matthews adrenaline. And I shot mm-hmm. that, I shot that thing incredible. And it just, it ended up working out really, really well for me. Um, but it's, it's funny that you bring up the whole speed thing. I, th- I think absolutely there's a happy medium. Um, and I think, for sure, that, for sure. I think people want to shoot a fast bow now to make up for being terrible at judging yardages. And I'm not, yep. I, I'm not going to say that I'm good at it. I used to be really good at it, but now good Lord, I couldn't look out there and tell you that something is 20 yards away. If it said 20 yards, <laughs> you know, <laughs> now it's yeah for sure so bad. I've just got so used to leaning on that, uh, leaning on that range finder. But, you know, I, I think, I think people get better at just looking and judging yardages. I think, they'll get less and less worried about how fast their bows going. Cause I agree with you completely. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to be faster than sound, you know? Um, it, we, we are, I don't, I don't know that I don't know that it's possible for a bow to ever be faster than sound, you know, cause exactly. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what they could, what they could do to make it that fast. You know, it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's crazy. And, you know, and as times went on, you know, bows have gotten like louder, you know, and it's kind of funny, like you can, and you, you could watch like, you know, any whitetail hunting show. Now you look at the arrow penetration, most of these guys are getting, and it's like, man, they're shooting the most efficient bows. But then like, think of like, I kind of look at it like this. I think of like a trad guy and like, you know, I, I, I was around it a little bit when I was younger, but like, like, man, I remember those guys, you know, shooting, what, 40, 50 pounds. And I mean, blowing through everything. And, you know, and there's a big problem. Like, I don't know, for me, when I shoot a deer, you know, I want to put it right behind that pocket, like right behind the, the front shoulder. And I mean, a four inch variation to the left is like, it could lead to failure with some of these setups. Mm. I mean, hitting, you know, like hitting a shoulder, like if the deer was facing to the left, like hitting a shoulder or something. And it's like, why, like, why do we worry about that so much? Well, it's really, I mean, it's just those light arrows and, you know, the poor performance has been horrible. And like, I've seen it firsthand. It's just, it it blows my mind. And I guess that's kind of, I don't know. I dealt with it forever and just was thinking this is normal. And then, you know, and another thing that's kind of interesting is like broadheads. I'm not (laughs) the biggest expandable guy, you know, plenty. And I, I mean, they've worked when they've worked, but I've had failure too, you know? And, and then I look at like, even most of the fixed blades around, like, you know, you look at a lot of them and there's like a removable razor type blade that goes in and you're like putting so much into that broadhead 
And when really <laughs> there's so much riding on it and like, we're worried about, it seems like that at least I did. I mean, I remember thinking, man, that's a lot of money to try to buy, you know, something really nice. And nowadays it's like, man, there's some just awesome broadheads, you know, machine from one piece cut on contact. I mean, even way better than back in the day. And it's, I guess that was kind of the thing is I was like, man, I've got to go back to my roots and try to get this all sorted out. So I don't ever have these kind of troubles again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I don't know, I think you, you almost kind of feel, you almost feel like you, you got to stay within the crowd. That's so worried about speed, you know, and for sure. And it's interesting. You know, I think, I think speed plays a huge role in different places. You know, like if you're, if you're shooting an antelope out at, you know, 70, 80, 90 yards on open prairie, you know, your speed is going to play a big, big big role, but it still isn't going to be faster than the, than the speed of sound. I mean, the speed of sound is roughly 1,125 feet per second. So, (laughs) you know, having, having a quiet setup. (laughs) Yeah. You know, having, having a quiet setup, um, I think is going to pay dividends. And I, I almost started laughing really hard when you said, you know, the, the whitetail hunters, they, they shoot these deer and, and it, and, uh, they get poor penetration. Well, yeah, they, they do. They get extremely poor penetration. I mean, you watch it, it goes in like eight, 10 inches and they hit them in a good spot. I mean, what mm-hmm. would happen if they, hit the shoulder blade you know not even not even like that knuckle i mean the shoulder blade they wouldn't get any penetration and it just it drives me nuts because those are the same people that are saying well you shouldn't take a frontal shot on an animal because you're not going to get penetration i'm like buddy you don't get penetration on a whitetail at 25 yards because you don't have a heavy enough arrow with enough momentum (laughs) like so don't don't tell me what i can do with my setup because you know, I, I guess I heard Levi Morgan put it the best way I've ever heard is don't put your limitations on me. And for sure, you know, I just but in, in even that just the broadhead conversation that brings up a whole nother um, a whole nother uh, variable into the into the equation. Right. Because, you know, I had a podcast with the guy from Iron Will, for instance, and he's yeah, said, and I've been shooting those heads. Yeah, yeah, they 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 look really great. Yes. And yeah. um, he actually has a machine where he can put a broadhead on the machine and test the. I believe it's the pounds per square inch that it takes to push his broadhead through uh, some uh, some elk or he's elk or moose. I'm not really sure which one, but he uses the hide and then there's styrofoam underneath. And he said that. Out of the broadheads he tested, uh, his broadhead was 10 times easier to push through. So right there, I'm thinking, I totally believe. you know, right there, I'm thinking 10 times easier. No wonder why somebody is, is not getting as much penetration as they want with an expandable that expands out to two to three inches. Like, come on. <laughs> Oh yeah, and soak up so much kinetic energy. Like for those to work properly, like the kinetic energy that they soak up, it's insane how much energy it takes to open one. You know what I mean? Yeah, they soak it up like it's their job. <laughs> yep. Well, sweet. So, no, it's just and it's just funny. 
Yeah. It's just funny how, I guess over time, <laughs> I guess it's, I've just, I've decided, man, I wanted to get on the heavier end of the spectrum. And I kind of went, I kind of went super far, but I was thinking, I guess my whole thing was, I was like, I'm going to try these, I'm going to run these. And so like my setup, um, they're 250 grains or 250 spined arrows and they're day six. And I think I've got them right now at 615 grains and that's uh, 150 up front. But the awesome thing was, is I'm shooting them at 260 feet per second out of a new bow. And I was thinking if, man, if I could be to be around 270, I was going to be happy. So, and like shooting them, man, I, I've been really surprised just how quiet my bow is and mm -hmm. they're really flying good and I've been shooting them in the wind. And so anyways, and I'm playing with it still and like, I'm not totally stuck that that's where I'm going to land, but like so far I've been really excited and, you know, yeah. I guess to me, I dial everything anyway. So yep. I mean, I'm dialing the yardage no matter what. So I, so far I've been really happy. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I, I haven't shot the day six arrows. Uh, I've been uh, emailing a little bit with Brian to, uh, to, I, I just wanted to know from him if I could get, you know, like two 250s, two 300s and two 350s. And, yeah, uh, there you go. You know, and, and just toy around with with different arrow builds and things like that uh, before I went and ordered, you know, 12 of 12 of whichever one ends up it working. Um, but yeah. And I, and another thing that I find really interesting is. It, you know, you, you said you're shooting a 616 grain arrow. 615. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So 615. So it's kind of, it's interesting that bows have a sweet spot. And what I mean by For that sure. is, is, I mean, it's kind of a given they'll have a sweet spot, but what I mean by that is you can be shooting a 480 grain arrow and go all the way up to 520 and not notice a ton in speed difference. And then you go from 520 to 540 and not notice a ton in speed difference. But then you go from 540 to 560 and it drops off like 15 or 20 feet per second. And it's sure. interesting, you know, what, what your bow can handle and what it can, what kind of weight it can maintain a really good speed at. I think it would surprise a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. And the other, yeah, that's exactly right. Is I mean, and that, that speed, like, you know, what was funny is, I, and I haven't got too carried away doing it, but I would really, I would like to compare like my old setup, like at feet per second wise, say at like 60 yards, you know, versus these. And I, I just think like the momentum and everything else that they carry, you know, I think they're going to hold it a lot longer. Uh, well, I know they're going to. And so it's going to be, it's going to be fun to toy with and play around with. And, you know, and I might bump back down to 125. I haven't gotten that far yet. Grain heads, you know, and I'm still playing with it, but like you say, it's just messing with it. And, you know, it's sometimes little bits will make a big jump and, you know, and I'm going to keep toying around with it. But so far I've been really happy and, and heavy arrows. I don't know. I was shooting the other day in a crazy wind and I was so impressed. Like they just seem to buck the wind a lot better. And I don't know. I, I know I would have been compensating more when I was shooting lighter stuff. So this is kind of fun and it's been fun to like play around with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually, what you just said brings up quite a lot of questions when you were shooting in the wind um, with, you, you know, cause I think there's a, 
there's there's kind of a big push right now, uh, especially with I don't know if you have you heard of the Valkyrie broadheads. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. So I you know I've been shooting those for a few years, and um, I just I had lunch the other day with Bill with you know Iron Will, and he and I were just chatting about kind of all uh -huh. that, and and you know I was talking with Brent with Valkyrie, and he was he was talking about the importance of having a higher front of center and how much, how much that will help you in the wind. And, and he, he brought up a really interesting point and, and it's, it's not a point, you know, I, I feel he probably knows exactly what he's talking about, but it's a point that I would like to test for myself just to see what happens. And he, he had mentioned, you know, he said, look, if you have, uh, if you have a really heavy shaft, and say 120 to 170 grains up front, but you know, like a like a day six or or maybe like one of yeah. those uh, Easton four millimeter uh, full metal jackets. He's like, if you shoot that mm -hmm. in the wind and you don't have as ton much front of center, he said the wind is going to whip that tail and it's going to hit and drive the arrow at you know whatever angle the wind was going because you're carrying all of your weight within the shaft and i was like okay you know that kind of makes sense and he said now think about this when you have most of your weight you know say 200 to 300 grains up front he said it doesn't matter which way the wind blows the ass end of the arrow because when it hits the target the weight up front is going to pull the arrow straight through the hole. And I was like, that's, that's a really good point, but I want to visually see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that is. And, and he probably knows, you know what I mean? Like he probably does know that. And I, that's interesting. And, it, and it, I guess thinking about that, it kind of does make sense, but I, I do know, like I was super nervous. I was thinking that was my biggest worry about going heavy as I was sitting there. I guess in my mind, I was telling myself, okay, my arrow is going to be in flight longer and have a, more of a chance to be affected by the wind. That's kind of what I was thinking, like shooting slower and heavier. And that's kind of where I was thinking. And when I was shooting in the wind and it was like, I mean, I don't know, it was probably 15 mile an hour. I mean, straight, uh, you know, 90 degrees from me. I was so impressed. Like, how and I kept backing up and you know and I wasn't I wasn't compensating that much for the wind and I was so blown away that it was going that good and that they were shooting so true and everything else so I I don't know I I've been really happy with it so far I guess yeah what uh so what what uh are you shooting it with just 150 iron wheel head or do you have their collar or do you have a, a brass insert? So I have the day six. So I have the day gotcha. six and I believe it's a 50 grain. Yep. It's up front. So it's a 50 grain outsert system. And then I have the 150 grain. So yeah, about two, I guess if you were to consider the outsert about 200 up front and that's kind of where I've, what I've been toying with. And I mean, I've been shooting field points. I've, let's see, I've been shooting cutthroats. I've been shooting, I think they were Ozcuts and those iron wheels. So, and you know, those iron wheels are pretty impressive. I, I, uh, they're, they're expensive, but then again, you know what I mean? They're, they're pretty impressive and they fly really good. I've been super impressed with that. So, 
Yeah, for sure. I haven't shot them yet. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they are, you know, they're, they're definitely uh, an extremely well built head. Yeah. I, and you can tell, I mean, right. I mean, from the minute you get them, you know what I mean? They didn't cut any corners and it's pretty obvious. So I'm excited. I'm definitely going to be trying them I, this fall. Like I'm super excited. And I guess, and I guess that's the whole thing too, is like, I come like my background and this, I used to shoot 3d and I used to shoot tournaments, but like, I look at everything archery as hunting. Like I, so that's kind of, you know, everything I base my whole setup. It's like, I want to set up for hunting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to be super that way. And I think, I think that's kind of where sometimes too, I think the 3d game gets, uh, I think that kind of has been transferred over to the hunting side too. And that's where like super fast bow makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. On the 3d game and everything else. And who cares about penetration when you're shooting foam, but I really want my setup to kill, you know, I want it to, I want it to be as efficient as possible. So I guess, some people probably be totally, you know, wonder what is this guy up to? But anyways, that's how I kind of come around looking at things is everything. I look back at hunting. So, yeah, well, and, and I think, you know, basically bring this conversation full circle, you know, um, it, you're never going to get a bow that's faster than the speed of sound. We're just, it's not going to happen. Yep. Um, so by having a heavier arrow, uh, you are going to have a much quieter bow um your arrow is going to be much more efficient once it hits the target and really as far as speed is concerned you know from like a 200 at roughly you know at 60 yards if your bow is shooting 250 feet per second you're looking at 0.7 seconds so the only difference is so let's say at that same 60 yards if your bow is shooting 30 uh, you're still looking at 0.6 seconds. So, yep. uh, I mean, that's 50 feet per second difference and 0.1 seconds is, is all that you're gaining. Yep. So you're really, you know, is, is it really in the air that much longer to, to, for the wind to affect it? No, it's not, especially because that arrow weighs so much more that it takes more wind to affect it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I mean, and talk about like, you know, the whole hunting end of it, like that quiet bow, man, it is something like if you have not shot a heavy arrow, like a five, like, you know, a 500 plus, even 550 plus through your bow, just just try one versus, you know, a light arrow. You, It is unreal how, I mean, I had, I mean, I, I figured, but I did not know it was going to be that big of a difference. It is crazy how much quieter that bow is so it's just something to think about yeah absolutely absolutely what uh what fletchings are you running on the back end so let's see so right now i think i have the a i think i'm running the aae max um i think they're what are they i think they're the are they the three and a half yeah i think they're the three and a half inch and i'm running a four fletch right now with a little helical in them and you know so far they've been shooting good and like when i was tuning them i was tuning four fletches a little tougher just because of that rip and everything but so far everything's just been man and they've just been flying awesome and so i'm super impressed you know and like i said i'm still 
this has only been going, I don't know. Well, I guess when I posted that or like, I don't know, three weeks ago before I went on vacation. So I've just been toying with it and every day I'm messing with it. So and who knows, I might have it all changed up by the time summer gets here. But anyways, that's kind of my deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real, this is the best time though to be to be screwing around and dicking with stuff because uh, <laughs> you know we yeah, got a couple I'm months. The, <laughs> and I'm the type of guy I hate to mess with all this stuff. Like I really do. I'm the like man. I I think before I bought this new Vertex, I uh, was uh, shooting. It was a, like the Matthews Helium, which was like man, what was that? it was pretty old so i'm like i get stuck with my setup and i mean once i get good with it i'm like i hate messing with it i i i don't know i'm not one of those guys who like to get a new bow every year and go through all this like i really just like dialing it in and no one so it's been kind of i don't know i i guess it's always just one of them things that it's a fine line i guess but i'm glad and i'm really happy so far so it's all working out yeah yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'm really looking forward to, to testing this, some stuff out. You know, I have, uh, uh, Bill and I are gonna, uh, you know, I'm going to test some of his stuff. I'm going to test uh, some of the, some of the Valkyrie stuff. Uh, and I'm think I'm going to test one other high end broadhead. And then I'm also going to test, you know, a couple of the, you know, the more common broadheads, like, like the Wackums, the slick tricks, yeah. the Exodus. Yep. Um, and I'm going to test those with a three fletch, a four fletch and a six fletch. Uh, and I'm also going to be testing, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot it through a chrono right out the bow. I'm going to shoot it through a chrono at, um, you know, like 20 yards. And, uh, well, I'm going to talk with Bill first, you know, Bill, Bill being the engineer that he is and all that kind of stuff. Um, if, if he can help me figure out the equation for, for drag and weight on the end of the arrow and all that stuff. So I can just mathematically figure out how they'll slow down at each yardages. There you go. I'll do that instead. But if not, then I'm going to, you know, try and shoot it through the chrono at 20 and then through the chrono at 40. Um, cause I'm really interested to see the, the difference between, you know, uh, the drag and how much it slows down arrow for a three fletch as opposed to a four fletch and four fletch and opposed to a, uh, a six fletch. And then same with the broadheads, you know, cause obviously they're, they're creating some sort of plane sure. and some sort of drag. So figuring out the difference and, and how much an, you know, an iron wheel slows down through the air as opposed to a Valkyrie or, or whatever else I test. Yeah, um, no, that would be interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I think, you know, and then then I'm going to test a few of the, a few of the expandables as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I will ever in my life go back to an expandable. I could see myself using an expandable on antelope. Um, I think their bone structure is just, is, you know, it's, it's just so much smaller than a, than a 300 pound mule deer or an elk. And, uh, I just, I don't, yeah, and I'm right there with you. Yeah, I just don't foresee many failures with an antelope, but I'm also that person that if I do all the work and put in all the work to figure out which fixed blade, you know, say Valkyrie, for instance, which Valkyrie is going to fly the best for me, which front of center works the best for me, and which fletching configuration flies the best. I'm going to have a lot of issues not just shooting an antelope with that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> well, and seeing like bear hunting, man, until, until the day I die, I will probably bear hunt with an expandable just because th- there is something really nice about that super big cut. Now, that's me, my wife. I don't think I'll ever let her hunt with an expandable again, you know, just because of that when we talked about the whole momentum thing. But like I got enough umph behind my arrow that like I, I, I feel like an expandable is OK, like in some situations like they do have their place. But man, when it comes to, you know, like deer and bigger, like I'm just thinking, you know, you make a four inch shot or a four inch mistake one way or the other and say you hit that shoulder or something and if it's going to cause you problems i just i don't think it's worth it but sometimes like with bear or you know and i'm sure there's some other i don't know maybe if i was on whitetail at 20 yards i don't know maybe there is a place for them but i definitely think heavy arrows just the way to go and especially on a light setup like for kids or for, you know, the women out there, I really think there's something to be said about a heavy setup. I, I just, in a cut on contact, I, I'm convinced that they've got to have that. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you actually bring that up and, and why I think that's funny is because I think people view that counterintuitively. And what I mean by that is, you know, somebody goes, Oh, here's uh, here's a kid shooting 40 pounds with a 23 inch draw. They need the lightest arrow possible so they can get yeah. it out of their bow. Um, when in fact, I agree with you. They need a heavier arrow, and they just need to shoot not as far. You know, their max needs to be 35 yards, exactly. and that way, when they hit something, it's actually going to penetrate and not just bounce off. <laughs> Yeah, the momentum is so important. You know what I mean? Like kinetic energy. I mean, yeah, and like when you're robbing it all with speed, you know, it's kind of a one way or the other. Then like giving them like an expandable. I just like I watched my wife shoot that bear and, you know, and I just kind of like put her set up with me, you know, on the bear she was shooting and expandable. And I was kind of like, well, it's worked so well for me. And then when I saw that happen, and I mean, her arrow basically stopped the minute, I mean, it was clearly obvious, like we got trouble. And I mean, so I just think it's something, I don't know, when I look back when I was a kid pulling the minimal weights I was and short draw length, I, I never once had trouble. And the only thing, the only, I mean, and I was shooting a bow that's not near as efficient as like the kids and ladies bows now. So it's like, I just look at that and it's like, okay, it's painfully obvious to me, I guess. Yeah. Yep. I I agree. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I I just, I, I wish, um, you know, arrows are, arrows are super important and they are super expensive. Um, I wish there was, you know, a cool idea for a pro shop would be to set up, arrows ranging from 400 grains all the way to say 600 um and say hey come in test these arrows out whichever one you like the best shoot it through a chrono whatever uh whichever one you like the best will build you a set you know because man yeah. the, you know the the ability to to buy arrows and build a set that weighs 450 grains and then build a set that weighs 600 grains, you know, un- unless you're, you know, Dude, unless, it's you're way tough. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like you say, unless, unless you, unless you build your set of 600 grains first and shoot all those and then just take one of those and make it a 550 and test it and then make that one a 500 and test it and then make that same arrow a 450 and test it, you know, unless you do that, you're going to be buying a hell of a lot of arrows. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then you got to mess with the spine, all the spines got to be changed and you know what I mean? It's constant. Yeah. It's a lot of arrows and a lot of money. It's super expensive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, I think uh, a great way to start with that is to, you know, looking at someone like yourself or myself or um, Aaron Snyder or John Dudley or somebody like that, that uh, Randy Omer, um, you know, there's just a few people right there that are putting, I don't know, 150 to Aaron's a little different now. Obviously, he uses a, a trad bow, but I don't remember what he said, even for a while, when, you know, when he was shooting compounds, it, it was it was quite a bit of weight up front, you know. Um, I think a good starting point is looking at somebody that's already kind of got a setup and being like, well, I'm similar in draw length and bow poundage. So I kind of have a starting point. Um, cause then at least you might be able to get the right arrow spine. Uh, but when all else fails, just call up the manufacturer and let them know what you're wanting to do. Because it, like you say, it just, it can get extremely expensive, especially if you don't get the right arrow spine. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And like, and that's the thing is like, if you're going hunting elk, don't listen to a guy that's never killed an elk that only hunts whitetail, like yep. on your bow setup. Like that's so true. Is it so hard to like, to find somebody, you know, it's hard. I mean, it really is to find somebody that really knows and like, cause it's a big difference. I mean, hunting an elk versus white. I mean, you know, you're talking, it's crazy difference. So you gotta, you gotta be prepared. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's probably, I agree. That's probably one of the best ways to put it is it's so different. Um, it's, it's different worlds, I guess is, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's so different. It's, it's like walking through the wide open Wyoming or walking through downtown Atlanta. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's just it, different. It really is. <laughs> so, so what about, what about the rest of your bow? Um, you know, what kind of rest are you shooting and what kind of sight do you have and what kind of quiver and stabilizer and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, so on this, so the new Matthews, the new vertex, one of the coolest things I thought about them is they actually come, so they have a rest. It's like a dovetail system that's mounted right into the bow. So the, the rest is actually not mounted. It's almost mounted. Uh, it's not mounted like with bolts and stuff going through it. There's actually a dovetail system. It's really quite a, it's really quite a setup that they've come up with. It's a pretty good idea. Um, and then on the, uh, let's see. And I just, I went to a spot hog and I've been pretty excited. So spot hog come out with, uh, let's see, it's the, they call it the double pin. So it's like a single pin, but instead of the single pin, you have a pin right below it. That's on the same bar. And then over on the side, as you twist or turn your dial, you'll have two arrows, one being, you know, your top pin and the second one being, so it kind of, I don't know. I really have been a fan of the single pin sights, like just dialing. A lot of guys don't like them, but I just really like things keeping it super simple. I hate having, you know, five, six pins 
out in front of me and I really like the, you know, the sight picture of the single pin. And this is really cool because it kind of takes at least, you know, you kind of have where like if you were walking along, you could set your, you know, your top pin at like 30 and then, you know, your second pin will be at say 40 or something. So you have some reference there instead of the single pin. I really think they nailed it with that. Um, I, I used to shoot black gold and I, I really like those, those sites too, but this, that double side, I've, I've been pretty impressed with it. And as I play with it, I think I'm going to, I'm liking it even more and more. So, um, as far as everything else, um, I think I've just got, I've got a Matthew stabilizer on there. Um, Do you I just shoot ordered with the one sidebar? Nope, I don't. So no, I don't. And I, you know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of guys are going to laugh, but man, for a long time, I've actually shot without a stabilizer and I don't know why, but <laughs> I've, when I was younger, I was going without one and I've been, I can shoot them pretty good without it. And in fact, I really like it without a stabilizer. So it's kind of funny. I pay stuff. And like, as we, as I'm messing with this new bow, I've been kind of playing with it. And I don't know, it might be in my head too, but I swear I'm shooting it better without a stabilizer. Just, <laughs> but anyways, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of funny. So, but kind of, really? I don't know different yeah for sure for sure i uh i haven't shot you said you have the new the uh matthews vertex or vertex however the heck you say yep, it. it is yep i yep. uh yeah, I that's think this year's model right yep yep it, it is and i was going i was actually going to do the triax and i when i was talking about ordering it um I heard that there was going to be a new bow coming out and I was like, well, maybe I'll just wait for this. And you know, they've changed up the grip and I really like it. And the bow, like it's just shooting awesome. I've been really happy with it. So. That's cool. Yeah. I shot the, I shot the triax and uh, I was, I was impressed with it. I thought it shot really great. Awesome. Yeah. I, everybody I talked to really loved it. And so this one, I think, you know, I, I don't think there's tons of changes as far as and then they have a new adjustable cam that actually adjusts the draw weight so i think you can get it like in five pound increments um there's an adjustment on the cam so i haven't really toyed with that either but anyways so that it's it's kind of cool but it's been fun but and i'm not yeah like i said earlier i'm not really a guy that buys a new bow every year but it just so happened i i guess i'm revamping the setup <laughs> nothing wrong with that man nothing wrong with that so what uh what kind of uh hunts you're planning for the year and what uh what does that kind of entail so like every so every year i uh i usually try to i i hunt multiple states i i think uh kind of kicking around should have enough points i think we have a pretty good shot in nevada um, and then I always hunt Idaho and Utah and, and I try to get a Wyoming tag as much as I can. That's probably one of my favorite States. And I guess I'm kind of different uh, over the years. I've, I guess, bow hunting. I'm not the, I've, uh, kind of slowed down quite a bit and really went more of like a, I guess, trophy hunter, I guess you could say. I usually when I'm archery hunting, um, I, it's like the first thing. So unless I get a chance at a really good buck, I usually don't pull the trigger with my bow. I gotcha. really try to hold out for quite a while, but man, there's nothing like bow hunting. And it was really the first, the first way I really started 
you know, killing deer and it's still probably my favorite. I love it, but I've just kind of changed. I, you know, I let a lot of deer go and really I'm, I'm pretty, that's kind of my thing is big bucks. I mean, that's what really drives me and I've been lucky and, uh, been able to take some good ones. So, but as far as tags this year, um, I don't expect to draw anything really too fantastic and I never really do. I kind of, I kind of turn more to the, I burn points like in Colorado, man, I'm hunting as many tags as I can get. So I'm putting in for easy to draw stuff. I want to be there every year. You know, I don't like mm-hmm. sitting on a bunch of points. So the only state I really build points in is Arizona. Um, just because I can go down there on over the counter stuff still. And then I have been building points a little bit in Nevada, but I'm not super, I'm not a long ways into it there. So that's kind of how I go about the application game. So. Yeah, I, I pretty well do the same thing. Honestly, I, I, I would rather draw a tag every year, every other year and just get to go hunting as opposed to build points and build points and build points. I just, I I just rather go hunting. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And like, and the thing is, is like, I, to me, I guess I've never been lucky enough to really have like a top end tag anywhere. I mean, I pretty much just hunted like general season type stuff or easy to draw. And I mean, for me, like, I guess how I think the best way to be good is like to hunt them units for like three to four years, you know, or 10 years, 15 years. That's like, man, once you start spending that kind of time in them, it's so like, I enjoy it so much. Like you just know the little ins and outs and everything else. And it, it really opens things up. I think when you spend year after year in places, so that's kind of how I, go about it and how I kind of look at the application process is I want a bunch of tags. I want to spend, you know, the nice thing about archery seasons too, is they're usually longer. So you get, you know, multiple weeks and and that's always fun too. So. Yeah, I I agree. It's interesting. You and I have a very similar mindset. I think um, for most of these Western states, time is going to be your best friend, especially on an easy to draw tag. So, you know, Arizona, Idaho, there's a lot of places out there that, you know, you basically, basically get an over the counter tag. And the more time you spend there, the more time you put in, the better you learn that unit or wherever you're going, um, the more likely you are to come out of there successful. And, and I agree with that 100%. And I preach that a lot. I'm like, listen, yeah, you could, you could in 40 years have 40 points and maybe draw the Arizona strip, which is great. Um, or you could hunt every single year and all these other tags and apply for your once in a lifetime tags alongside that and hone your still skills, get better at it, you know, get better at stalking, get better at glassing, get better at looking in the right terrain for big animals. And then when the time comes and you draw that once in a lifetime tag, you're not going to go over there and shoot 150 inch deer because you thought he was a 220, you know? Yeah, dude, it's so true. And like, there are so many guys I know that are like building points, building points, but Dude, I don't even like I know a couple guys. I don't even think they'd know how to gut a deer or quarter one out or bone <laughs> one out. But yeah, they're trying to get 
crazy tags and it's like guys you're missing the boat like if you're not good at if you can't if you're not good at killing stuff like man you're gonna be disappointed when you wait 15 years to go hunt somewhere and like everything's new it's like there's nothing like time in the field and you know and getting it done and you learn so much yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Travis, I've had a blast having you on the podcast and getting to know you and uh, learn a little bit about your setup and why it is you're doing what you're doing. And, and uh, it's, it's nice to talk with someone that's kind of going down the same road as I am. Uh, and I, I think there's a lot of people out there going down it, but they think there's a lot of people that should go down it. Um, and sure. yeah, I just, man, I, I, I appreciate yeah, talking to, to like-minded people that are easy to talk with. Uh, I, I've, you know, I've had some people on the podcast, it's like pulling teeth to get them to talk. And I'm thinking, well, why did you say <laughs> yeah, yes to I'm a kind podcast? Of <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? Yeah. all you had to do is say no. <laughs> and we'd have For been sure. fine. So um, I think it would be awesome to have you back on and we can dive into mule deer. I, you know, I, posted up a couple pictures and things like that of you coming on the podcast and um man you have you have killed some monster mule deer and i just i love talking mule deer so it would be it would be a blast to have you on and just yeah man chat about mule deer yeah let's do it and i mean that's like my i mean yeah when it comes down to it that's my true passion is mule deer and it's pretty much all I think about and everything else. So yeah, I'd love to man and go over a bunch of stuff that I think could help guys out and that I get questions all the time on. So yeah, I'd be happy to. Awesome. Thank you for tuning into this week's podcast episode. I really appreciate the support. Don't forget to subscribe, share, like, and comment. Have an awesome day.